Hello, and welcome to Reset the Podcast. My name's Helen Gorman. I'm Suki Thompson's business partner at Let's Reset. Today is a really special episode where Suki, normally the interviewer, is the interviewee. She's joined by her amazing daughter, Jazz, and they're interviewed by Matt Shetner of Advertising Week. Suki talks about her 30 years in this industry, the amazing things that she's achieved, the brilliant clients that she's met, who've ultimately become her friends. But there's a trigger warning for this episode because Suki, Jazz and Matt also talk about Suki's impending death from cancer. She's been living and working with cancer for the last 14 years and now is sadly at the end of her journey. And they talk openly about that in this episode. Over the past two years, Suki's encouraged all of our guests on this podcast to talk openly about how they really feel, to show some vulnerability, talk about their mental well-being, to inspire those around them at work, to have open and authentic conversations in the workplace about how they're really feeling. Well, today, my very special business partner and dear friend really walks the talk and openly talks about how she's feeling. Sadly, it will be Suki's last episode. And so do take some time to listen and to share with anyone who you also think will benefit from listening to this episode. We're then going to take a break over summer, but Reset the Podcast will be back in September. So do look out for that. In the meantime, take a moment to listen to this very, very special episode from the most amazing woman and her family, where she talks about the joy, the love that she has for this industry, and more importantly, for her amazing family. Thank you. Welcome to Great Minds, and today we have a uh, extraordinary double treat. Uh, we have uh, a mother-daughter duo. We have our dear beloved friend Suki Thompson and her wonderful daughter Jazz, and we are thrilled to have you both for this very special edition of Great Minds. So, welcome to you both. Thank you so much, Matt. It's an absolute pleasure, and we are delighted to see you, as always. And we're delighted to see you, too, as well. Uh, so, Suki, your uh, story is extraordinary, and you're touching people all over the world. And I was struck by the words, our amazing and beautiful friend Suki is coming to the end of her extraordinary journey. Not everyone chooses to do that in such a public inspirational way. And as your career has done, you've helped so many. You're a founder of many businesses. I particularly want to talk about Bunker Gin. I'm very interested. <laughs> yes. Very interested in that. 
but I'd love to talk about the decision that you made as a family to share your story, uh, which is somewhat unique. Do you know, Matt, um, I was first diagnosed with cancer 15 years ago, just after I'd um, started Oyster Catchers with Peter Cowie. And I think when you're diagnosed with something like cancer, you have to make a decision. We know that 50% of people who get cancer actually never share it with their employer. Um, I think when you're an entrepreneur, it's almost impossible. Oyster Catcher was, was 18 months old. I couldn't not share it with my clients, with my, well, at the time Pete and I had set up a company that helps clients find agencies. And so we couldn't really just pretend I disappeared for eight months. And so I wanted to share that journey. Jazz and Sam, my children were 10 and eight. Mm -hmm. And so again, I couldn't really hide it from them. I was recently divorced. Um, and then nine years ago, actually um, just after, I was about halfway through my oyster catcher's journey, I was diagnosed with melanoma. And my melanoma, a bit like my um, cancer, both genetic. And I remember going to see the oncologist and he said, you know, this is um, treatable but incurable. Now, I don't know how many people have had that said to them. In my head, treatable meant treatable is fine. Incurable didn't mean I was going to die. And to be honest, it wasn't until very recently, even in my head, I thought I was going to die. What it did do for me, and I think for the kids as well, Jas, and you'll say this, is that we thought for the last nine years, we would live the lives that we really wanted to. And I talk about every day being a gift. And I think that for me, you know, like you, Matt, we talked about this so much. We have been privileged to be in an extraordinary industry, build businesses we absolutely love, um, be in an environment where having a sense of purpose means a lot to us. And, you know, every day for me, I mean, not absolutely every single day, but I have thought about, is this what I want to do? We've been on amazing holidays. We have amazing friends. We've built wonderful businesses that Jazz and Sam have been part of. And I think that, you know, I feel so lucky to have made so many amazing friends along the way. It's hard to die. It's very hard. It's something we're all scared of. But actually, to me, it has given me a, another moment in my life where it's another gift. You know, I never expected to be able to spend time with the friends that I've met. Um, in a way, you know, at a certain moment I have to have, to have 24 hour care. My mum's with me all the time. Jazz is here quite a lot. Sam lives in Scotland. He comes when he can, um, but he's trying to, you know, both young and they're trying to start their careers and everyone behaves in a different way. And I just felt, do you know what? We don't talk enough about what it's like to love people, to die, and to make sure that we live the life that we want to live. And, you know, you were part of my book, Let's Reset, four years ago, mm -hmm. yep. which I did with Rankin. You know, and I, you know, I love your quote, which was, pick yourself up and start all over again. As an entrepreneur, every moment of every day, we have to do things, try things, be brave. Some of them work, some of them are an utter disaster. But what you have to do is just go, do you know what? We're going to find a different way through. And what you're doing now, Suki, and, and Jazz, with you alongside, 
is really just an extension of what you've always done, which is to help people. And it's really just so uh, inspiring is the only word I can think of. Uh, uh, Jazz, this journey for you has to be just uh, beyond words, I would think. Yeah, obviously it's, it is the most challenging thing, but I think unfortunately so many families go through it. And as mum said, communication is so key. You know, mum's had cancer for, you know, I'm now 25 since I was 12. So it's been a huge part of my life, but it's it's almost not been a huge part of our life in the same way. Yeah. We've kind of just lived life, done things, done the most incredible things. And her having cancer was kind of just something else something in the background right but nothing something you know we know we never swept it under the carpet it was always there but it never became the center of our universe and I think obviously right now it is yeah sure but we're trying to do our best to still keep mum's sparkle going and mum's her best when she's working. <laughs> she can't work in the same capacity, but doing this, spreading the word, helping as many people as we can, talking about it, spreading awareness from uh, melanoma. We've raised already in two weeks, 78,000 pounds, which is incredible. So doing these things, having these conversations, it's amazing. And it's such special time in my mum as well. So mm. I so appreciate it. And yeah. I appreciate it. Just as a, uh, as a parent, you know, I, I have such respect and admiration for your relationship. And Sam, I know, is, is right there as well. It, mm. It's a greatest privilege in life, Suki. I'm sure you feel mm. the same way to be yeah. a mom of such terrific kids. Yeah. Suki, even before this, though, 13 years ago, you were never someone who was going to be held back by convention. And, and, and <laughs> right, right. We're, we're, about, we're about the same age. Going back to your early days as a graduate trainee at, at BMP, all the way back to 1986. Yeah. Talk about that journey, that determination. Did it come from your parents? You know, did you work as a kid? You know, talk about the ingredients that made that very special recipe mm -hmm. that is Suki Thompson. Do you know what? I grew up in Cornwall and Cornwall for those that um, don't know England very well is the very Southwest. Um, I'm living here now on a beach. My mom brought us up. It's an absolutely beautiful part of the country. It's on the beach. So I would spend my weekends on the beach surfing. And my first job at 15 was to be in a surf shop with an amazing man called John Heath. And he taught me three things. One, which was really look after your customers, um, treat people with respect and value them. Um, if you get to your goals, have a party. Um, and you know what? Just have fun. And wow. sadly, John died a number of years ago. And there were so many of us that were entrepreneurs that went to his funeral. And we all talked to each other. And every day in building my businesses, I've heard John's voice so often say, you know what? That's a good idea. Or try that one. Try that. Oh, there's a different way around. He introduced skateboarding into the UK for the very first time. 
he introduced um, surfing from Australia and different types of boards that had never been brought in before. So I think for me, a bit like with you and Ad Week, there was never there was never a right or wrong. When people said, when we started the Oyster Catchers Club, and people said, oh, you can't bring clients and agencies together in a club. I'm like, well, why not? Why would you not do that? If people right. are going to have fun and then it makes the industry a better place. You know, both my kids have been involved in my businesses um, for always. And, um, you know, I think if you want, I genuinely think our industry is one of the best industries in the whole world. I feel so privileged to have spent 30 odd years in it. You know, from BMP days, I look back on it. Next week is Can or Khan, as you to call it. I mean, what amazing times we've had in Can! What oh, amazing yeah. times we've had in our industry. Um, you know, I did new business as an agency person for years and years, and then I was fascinated in how the whole pitch process worked. So when I came back from Hong Kong, living there with my husband and and having Jasmine. Um, I wanted to start. I come from a heritage of gin makers. You wanted to talk about bunker gin, so I would love my family, to. yes, absolutely. My family business was a gin company called Beefy to Gin, and it was sold um, just after I left university. And my, in fact, my cousins now have Heyman's Gin. And um, I thought, Do you know what, Tomo, my husband, loved golf. My sur my previous surname was Bunker, so I'm like, well, I'm going to create a gin. So I went to my uncle got him to help me create a gin and we sold it for golf days. Now the thing is, <laughs> I knew nothing, well, I knew nothing about gin much. I knew nothing about golf clubs. And in those days in the UK, women weren't allowed in golf clubs. So very ironic. You couldn't even go and see the gin. No. No, I, so I'd sell it to these bars. I couldn't even go and see it in the bar in the golf club. Amazing. So can you imagine? So like in comparison, nothing that we do is as difficult as that, is it? No, absolutely not. Talk about Suki. You know, you founded a number of businesses, you know, Bunker Gin, of course, being one of them, but Haystack, the Oyster Catchers Club, Let's Reset. Uh, talk about that constitution of being an entrepreneur. Very different than working at a TBWA or, you know, publicist group agency. You know that paycheck's coming every two weeks. You know, you're responsible for what you're responsible for and kind of nothing else. But being a founder of a business, as you have done many, many times, um, that requires a different constitution. But do you know what? I think for me, it was very easy. When I came back from Hong Kong, I wanted to be a mum. When I left working at TBWA to go to Hong Kong, I looked, I was the first woman on the board. When I got engaged, my then CEO didn't speak to me for three days. I said to him, Alistair, what's wrong? Everyone else has said, congratulations, you haven't even spoken to me. And he said, well, I promoted you to the board, Suki. Now we're going to get married, have children. You're useless to me now. I've done all the effort. And I'm like, well, do you know what? And when I went to Hong Kong, I worked for an amazing woman called Gay Haynes, who was just extraordinary. And she taught me how to create then Grace Blue, which was her business over there. Um, actually, it was called Kendall Tarrant was her business then. And um, I wanted to be a mum. And I looked at the agencies and I thought, none of my friends that I look at can run a business and be a mum. So I better create my own business. I didn't, honestly, I didn't think I was doing anything special other than how could I create a business that made people feel good? How could I link clients and agencies together in a different way? 
And then how could I be spend time with Jess and Sam? And I remember after Haystack took off, there was a moment about, I don't know, we were, we we literally did so many pieces of business really quickly. We're really lucky. I was 15 years old, younger than the rest of the um, you know, the AAR people and David Weathy, and they were all furious with me just because I just went along and chatted to the marketing directors and said, oh, I think there's a different way. You know, you could be amazing. Look at the difference that finding an agency can make to you, your brand, your world, your career. And, um, you know, I used to finish work and then um, go and see Jazz and Sam. When I started Oyster Catchers, I purposely chose a business partner who had children that were much older than mine and had time to spend. So I, and, and the best advice that Gay gave me, which was that you know how to do this business, you know how to run this business, but you know what life you want. Find somebody, give him half the business. He'll work really hard. He'll be brilliant for you, but you can then spend time being the mum that you want to be. And you know what? Peter was an extraordinary business partner. I love him so much. And he was so supportive to me. And Sam, <laughs> I love Sam so much, but Sam was quite challenging. He didn't really like school. So our poor McDonald's clients saw Sam almost as much as he saw me. Jasmine was always much easier. She was one of those very good girls that went to school, worked hard, came home and was no trouble. Sam was slightly more challenging. So you create the business that you want. And for yeah. me, I know you've, we've talked about this before. Family is everything to me. Yep. And I wanted, Pete and I wanted to create the Oyster Catcher family. And, you know, I had a lovely note from Hannah, one of the girls who worked for me the other day. And she said, do you know what? I'd applied for 150 jobs and nobody would give me a job. And I remember meeting Hannah and saying to Pete, do you know what? Just because she's been a singer, doesn't mean she can't do our work. You know, we just need to help her. She'll be amazing. And she's gone on to extraordinary things. And a bit like you've seen with your people. If I look around the UK at the moment, so many of the in agencies in the UK have new business people who have been part of the Oyster Catcher family at the moment. And the industry has been defined by people being part of the Oyster Catcher family. Yeah, and listen, tremendous impact you have had. I mean, our Ruth Mortimer, you know, Ruth loves you so much. Oh, I know. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, no, that's a real legacy is... Uh people that you've touched along the way. Somewhere, Suki, you made a decision to leverage your ability to really, in a very visceral way, help people. And the Let's Reset chapter around mental health, um, so near and dear. We've talked a lot about it. Uh, we've got mental health challenges within my family and some of the work that you've done on our stage in both New York and Advertising Week Europe, the choir. Yes. Just incredible work to bring that conversation forward. Talk about as you're doing now in a different way, but you have leveraged your ability in your life to really make a meaningful impact that not only speaks to industry issues, but to me, much more importantly, issues that transcend the industry. Well, do you know what, for me, I think, um, I was very struck by the balance that I've ha always had to have. When you have cancer, when you build a business, you have to look after yourself in a very different way. And I was really amazed that so few people really understood that. I think, you know, when we started off in our industry, well, it was just working. We didn't think there was anything wrong with smoking. We now know smoking is not good for you. 
we now know that actually, you know, in the UK, 20,000 people a year are diagnosed with melanoma from um, UV rays in the sunshine. And we will now understand that being outside in the sun without protection is bad for you. You know, I love my work so much. You know, I would happily work seven days a week, not because I think I'm better than anyone else. I just love my work. We now know, though, that not sleeping, that not looking after yourself um, is not good for you. It's not good for your mental health. And uh, Jazz is a psychologist. So she was one of the people who helped set up Let's Reset. And we did some work um, and we looked at some work that we've been doing. And we created the seven needs of wellbeing and performance test. Uh, and that has some parts to it, doesn't it, Jazz? Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's all about looking at all areas of yourself and and at work because obviously work is a huge part of us but there are other elements and it does incorporate as you said kind of physical health um mental well-being resilience feeling um empowered and heard yeah. at work yeah having a sense of purpose having a sense of purpose security the kind of relationships that you have and actually if you not only look at that but measure it it makes a difference to your performance and that you know, well-being, mental health is something everyone's talking about. There's a big difference, Matt, between talking about stuff and doing it, yeah. you know. And the thing I always admired about you is, you know, if you have one point for coming up with an idea, you need 10 points for making an idea into something that is other people can understand, and you need 100 points to make it happen. You are a 100-point man. Oh, and I think... Just, come on, come on, stop. This is about this is about you. Thank you, but this is not about me. But do you know what? I think being a hunt, I've spent a career being a hundred point person to make yeah. stuff happen. Yeah. You know, everyone can come up with ideas. We're a very creative environment. We're a very creative industry. But making stuff happen, making it happen over and over again, yeah. making a difference. And for me, you know, Let's Reset was about how can we really change an industry? Um, and, and, you know, and we've, you know, everyone talks about well-being in the workplace everyone talks about well-being but that's all it is and for a long time it's just been a lot of chat and conversation and businesses saying oh yes we do this for our employees work well-being but actually let's reset can go in and really shape that yeah. and I think it also helps give us um a voice and actually yeah. to be able to go to your managers, your company, your team and think, actually, how can we look after ourselves and each other mm -hmm. and then therefore perform better and enjoy work and show up? And I think, you know, that's one of the most inspiring things about you, mum, is that you do truly love everything you've done. And, yeah. and, you know, you've been brilliant at it, but I think it's because you love it so much. Mm. And it therefore means that I don't feel like I should ever settle for something I don't love. And I'm in a work I love. So mm. it's, I think it makes such a difference to just, mm. as you said, every day is a gift. And if work can be part of that as well, then you're going to be good at it. So well said by both of you. And I'm reminded of a great line. I won't get it exactly right, but... Lin-Manuel Miranda, Hamilton fame. One of the lines in Hamilton that I love is, you know, what is a legacy? And, and he talks about legacy is planting seeds in a garden that you never get to see grow. And 
Suki, what you have done your whole career and are doing now as the final chapters are written um, is you are leaving a legacy and a life which will impact people for many, many years and decades to follow. And not everyone does that. And that's a reflection of your passion and your commitment and the special person that you are. Uh, and you have touched so many of us all over the world on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, and it is such a privilege to have gotten to work with you so closely all these years. And uh, I know that in a new way that we will continue that. We were thrilled to have Helen on stage in London a few weeks ago. Uh, wonderful. And the work you're doing now for Macmillan Cancer Support and Suki, Suki Steps. Should we touch on that, Jazz, and just talk yeah, about yeah, what's yeah. happening? Let's talk about this, because this is, this is not, I'm not allowed to be involved in this, really, because my friend said, Suki, you are too bossy. You'd like to be involved, and you like to control things. This is not the time, because my melanoma has gone to my brain, so I have a brain tumour. And the one thing I have to do is not cause stress, and I have right. to keep very calm. Right. And so I can't do all the normal things that I do, which is basically be bossy, make stuff happen, and be involved a lot, and talk a lot. <laughs> so, Jazzy, you can tell about it. Yeah, but so, <laughs> we laugh. Um, <laughs> it's very true, and also just to keep your life a little bit calmer, yeah. you can enjoy it still. Um, but no, on the 16th of July, we have a walk from um, Chalfont and Latimer, which is in Buckinghamshire in the UK. And we're walking to Chesham. It's only six miles, actually it's still quite a lot, six miles. But mm. um, the main idea of the day is just to bring people together to think and remember all of the incredible things mum have done. And as we've spoken, we touched on today, so many people have been connected through mum and her businesses. So it'll be a really special day to just reconnect and be together. Um, we've also got a Suki swim happening in Perrinporth in Cornwall um, on the beach that we look out over. So you know, family and friends that mum's grown up with and around Cornwall will be able to take part in that. Um, and, you know, on the whole, it's to raise as much money as possible yeah. for Millen to spread awareness for melanoma. Um, yeah. And as I said earlier, we're on £78,000 already, which is just incredible. People yeah. have been so generous. Yeah. But I think for me, obviously, the the money is incredible, but it's just hearing all the impact mum's had and mm -hmm. just also kind of talking about it and keeping this conversation open that we need to talk about cancer, we need to talk about the impact, but equally, a lot of cancer is curable. And even if we think about melanoma, it's 86% because it is caused by UV rays, we can prevent it from happening. So 86% of melanoma is preventable for covering up and using the sun cream. So, you know, that in itself, we need to spread that message. So uh, as I remember my youth, my mother sitting there with uh, a cardboard with uh, some sort of aluminum foil on it to get even more sun. I know, I know. It's shocking, <laughs> isn't it? We advise against that is what you're saying. We now advise against that, Matt. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So, Suki, you have been such a great mind, inspiring, 
so many people, touching so many people. Uh, who were some of the great minds along the way, Suki, who really helped you? When, as you reflect, I'm sure there are moments of reflection that you have now that are somewhat unique. And I imagine that you're doing some replaying of your own life and history. You know what? That's such a, that's a, such a great insight. And that's one of the strange pleasures that you get when you are going to die and you have time. Um, for me, I was um, on the board of trustees of Macmillan for nine years. And there's a wonderful man called Sir Paul Judge. And his business school at Cambridge was named after him. For six years, we did an amazing coffee morning at his house, um, just along the river. And we used to have clients, we used to have clients and agents, well, agencies making cakes. For in the UK, you do a big cake um, coffee morning for Macmillan every year. And we used to want, we wanted to make the biggest, earn the most amount of money. And these agencies, literally, you give an agency a brief and they have to compete. I mean, you know this map. We had had the most extraordinary, amazing, amazing, amazing cakes that would come along. Clients would come and judge them. It was the most fabulous morning. And Sir Paul Judge was a wonderful support of mine. You know, a very, very kind man, very supportive. Um, I love the Shard in the UK. And there were two very special men involved in building and developing the Shard. There's a man called Irvine Seller whose idea was to create the Shard. He took 10 years to get it through the local council. He was an amazing East End man. I, I adored him. He was a fantastic support to me. And then there was also a man called Stephen Pycroft. And Stephen, you know, you, you know, you said in your line to me, pick yourself up and start all over again. Just after Oyster Catchers and I come back from having my cancer, we upset Martin Sorrell. Now, there are several people have, in their time upset Martin Sorrell. So he um, decided that because of what we did, that he would uh, sue us. And we had to um, pay him a lot of money, which is when you're only 18 months old as a business, is quite devastating. And this man called Stephen Pycroft, who I didn't know that well at the time, lent me the money to pay off the money to um, Martin, but I'm actually, I'm hugely grateful to Martin because the only way that we created the Oyster Catchers Club was because I needed to find a way to pay back myself, to pay back Stephen. Stephen was my only investor in Let's Reset. He took me up to the top of the Shah before it was built. And then lots of buildings around London, which I'm you know, second to being in advertising, I would love to be in construction. So I think it's such a, I know you'd like to be a jazz man, I would like to. Yes, I, would, I would. I would like to have built build buildings. I think they're amazing. So Stephen, very special man in my life. His daughter, she's Catholic, chose me as her godmother um, when they, when she was about 14, 15. Yeah, less um, than that, twelve. Twelve years. She was at yeah. school with jazz. Um, so a very special family to us. Um, and then actually, we went to Kenya. Sam came back from school one day and he said, "Mum, there's some boys from Kenya." that want to come and stay. I don't play rugby, but um, could you, could we have one of them to come and stay? Two of them. So John and Lawrence came to stay from Nakuru in Kenya and they were fabulous. And we have helped Lawrence through school. He's at university now. And he's been a big part of our lives. So he's 22. Yeah, when he stayed with us, he was just 10. And from the slums in um, Kenya, 
in Nakuru and but he again I think I think he was one of the him and John similar to again what we've been talking about today just that joy in day-to-day life I remember them having a bubble bath in our house and they'd never seen anything like it and it's like yesterday the joy in their faces to Mm -hmm. see these bubbles and obviously me and Sam has had one every night for our whole life but it suddenly made that magic come alive and I think that's really helped with Uh, us I think so with like made you become a psychologist yeah um Sam um is obsessed with whiskey he lives in Edinburgh he wants to be um he wants to produce whiskey he wants to be the next generation of whiskey makers and you know his relationship with Lawrence is very special. Yeah. I, and then I think the, the last one I would say is, is a client. So it's not an individual, but it is a client. And it's McDonald's. Mm-hmm. They were our first client at Oyster Catchers. They've been a client the whole way through Oyster Catchers. They've been the first people we did a pitch for, first people we did training for, first people we did Let's Reset for. Um, Jill McDonald has become a personal friend. Paul Pomroy, amazing man. You know, so many people there have become personal friends, but as a client, they have always trusted in me. They have supported what I've tried to do. They have pushed me to be a better businesswoman, to be, and I think that's a very special thing, you know, like you, I've had loads of amazing clients. You know, yeah. two of them, fantastic at Let's Reset. Two and a half thousand people have gone through our program. There are individuals who have been amazing, but you know, McDonald's as a company, have extraordinary people and they have always been super supportive fantastic what a, what a great great answer and and just a legacy both ways really let me ask you a difficult question uh a dear friend of mine who we met many many years ago we had the ceo of Cirque du Soleil a guy named Danielle Lamar who keynoted for us and it was a wonderful story he told about how the Beatles love show happened and how it started with George Harrison and after he passed at a relatively young age that Olivia and Danny, his son, wanted it to continue and ultimately leads to a room where it's Yoko Ono and Olivia Harrison and Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. And it was just an amazing story. And we had a performance of Cirque that night at the old Roseland Ballroom, which is gone now in New York City. And there was a wonderful woman who worked for Cirque, uh, MJ, Marie-Jose Gagnon, and she and I stayed friends, and she got cancer a few years ago, and it came back, and she passed. And as a Canadian, she was able legally to choose when she wanted to end her life and leave. She elected to forego further treatment. The doctor said, it's not going to work. We might get you a few more months, and she elected to forego it. And in a very methodical, incredible way, she reached out to all of her friends and said goodbye. And uh, then there was a day and then she was not with us anymore. And she seemed in a way very at peace. It must be both extraordinarily complex, but I would think there is a peace that comes with knowing what's to follow. And and I know this is a difficult question, but I'd love to hear what you think about that. Is that right? Is it wrong? Um, and And I'm not trying to be insensitive at all, 
but I would think that there is a peace that comes with what you, what you know. At Matt, at the beginning, my desire to get everything organized was overwhelming. And what I realized was that was not good. But actually, there is, there is a sense of peace. There's a sense of love. You know, I, I have friends come and stay with me because I have 24-hour care all the time. So I've got friends that have come to stay with me who are good friends. They've never lived with me. They've been amazing. You know, just they each bring a different part of them. Um, and I think a couple of other things, you know, I've always been, one of the things that Peter Cowie taught me was to love everyone all the time and to not dwell on stuff that you can't control. And I think for me, um, two years ago, um, I think I knew Phelan. Phelan was in my life for about seven years. He was a very important man. I loved him a lot. I felt very special to have him around, but on Christmas Eve two years ago, he couldn't cope with me, be, 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 me being ill, so he just left. And I've only seen him once since. And I could have made that choice to go, do you know what? I'm angry and bitter and upset. And it was hard for Jazz and Sam, and particularly Sam. But actually, I just thought, do you know what? I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on all the amazing things that I've done. And what I've been able to do in the last few weeks is now remember all the wonderful things. So... You know, everyone at Cannes next week, I can think about the great times on Steve Parrish's boat. I can think of all the amazingly hilarious, naughty stuff that Johnny Hornby <laughs> got up to, the brilliant stuff we did with News UK, the stuff we've done with you guys. I can think about those lovely things. Um, I think about the amazing times I've had with Jazz and Sam. And I find a way to do that. I don't look at a lot of the um, notes that people send me because I find it quite upsetting. So I choose the moments when I do it, but the over, the huge amount of love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't know, do you? You have, you have no idea. And I think the other thing is, um, when I got divorced 15 years ago, um, I, I've been working with Alan at Haystack and, you know, look, some divorces I'm sure are very easy. Ours was not a particularly easy divorce. He's always been an amazing dad, but the last, few months and actually years have given me a chance not just to be massively grateful because he's taken on so much of sorting out everything with Jazz and Sam but also for me to remember why I loved him so much why I got married to him why we had two amazing children how much he will look after them and for me that's a real privilege and I feel like I feel so happy that you know in some ways we don't ever get the chance to do we to put cycles together. You know, I feel so grateful to have sold um, oyster catchers to Centaur. They could not have been more supportive because when you are an entrepreneur and you become ill, you get nothing. So let's reset. If I can't work, I can't get any money from it. You know, Helen's trying to build a business, but it's very young. If people don't work with us and there's not the two of us there, you don't get any money. Whereas Centaur have carried on, they've been super supportive. They've been amazing. My friends have been lovely. And, you know, I think it's something to really think about that I do feel very grateful to be able to have the time to remember what, a, what an extraordinary life I've had, how many wonderful people have impacted my life. You know, we were just looking at the book. We were looking at your page in my book with Rankin. I mean, what, what a laugh. What an extraordinary man. 
you know, to do those two books, to do those evenings with him, to be photographed, to be telling stories. I feel hugely privileged. And there's so much in my life that I look at and I just think, how did I manage to do all those things? How have I had such wonderful people around me? How have I got two such amazing children? How did I have, you know, their dad has been an extraordinary man. I've had amazing business partners. Helen is an extraordinary woman. Peter, an extraordinary man. Gay Haynes helped me be an entrepreneur. And I feel just so lucky to have been in a world and have time to reflect on it. Because I think so often, either we're so old by the time we die, we can't remember it. Right. <laughs> right. The good thing is, the good thing is about being 56 is um, even though I've got a brain tumor, I can remember lots of things. I don't, I can't, you know, I haven't forgotten it. It's there. The people are around. They are talking to me. They're telling me the stories. They're remembering things. You know, we've, we've had so many stories yeah. about our lives. So many stories. Yeah. It's been nice. Even my mum has told us stories that have been surprising and we didn't remember. Wow. <laughs> Poor Jazzy's sitting here crying. For those people, oh, no, those boy. people that can't see my daughter, who is absolutely extraordinary, tears running down her face because she is at 25 the most amazing young beautiful gorgeous woman well that, that's your most important legacy is jazz sitting right next to you and sam in scotland yeah this is beyond a life well lived and the impact that you have had on so many people over such a long period of time some of us will be forgotten not you suki and uh <laughs> what you're doing now and uh we will be pleased to take you from 78,000 let's immediately take you up to 79,000 so when I'm done here we will we will donate and I can't thank Thank you you. enough um for taking the time to share um this extraordinary conversation thank you and we want to carry on supporting particularly young entrepreneurs don't we Jess yeah absolutely um so I think the legacy beyond this year with Macmillan will be around with Dr. Yvonne Thompson at Wintrade yeah. with the brilliant women at Wackle to help young entrepreneurs in our industry because it's still hard being a female entrepreneur. It's hard being an entrepreneur anyway, but female entrepreneurs, it is still really hard. So we want yeah. to carry on doing that, yeah. don't we, Jess? There's a huge amount that's still to come and whatever time we have left, we're going to keep on doing yeah. as much as yeah. you can and beyond as yeah. you said there's yeah. a massive legacy here and aren't we lucky yeah we are and Matt you Ruth and the rest of the team have been such an important part of my life for so long and I'm really grateful to having you as great friends and part of my family and our industry so thank you well right back at you and uh, I remember our night at Ronnie Scott's together we had a lot oh my of god what fun yeah yeah yes absolutely yeah. Sam went there the other day and I was telling him about the time we had there. Yeah, fantastic. He loves, he absolutely loves it. And I said, you know, when Matt's over next time, Sam, we should put the two of you in touch with each other because he would love to have a night with you at Ronnie Scott's. I would love that. And Jazz, reach out and and I'll, I'll hook you both up. amazing thank you (laughs) all right my dear we love you you and uh and wish you you, wish you only good things um and have such respect and admiration and love for you you. so thank you you anyone who wants to share um we're sharing lots on instagram at suki thompson 
You've yeah. got the um, Just Giving page, yeah. which you'll give information on. But people who want to share the stories, you've got amazing people like Trini Woodall who are helping us as well. So Rangan's doing some more things. Yeah. Loads of people are getting involved. So I think it's important to have these conversations when we can. Yeah. Gotcha. However hard they are, I think yeah. it's just important to keep talking and those going through it, they're not alone. You know, there's lots of us who are going through it and it's tough, but we can make the most of the time we have and, you know, yeah. celebrate yeah. the incredible people like yeah. Nana. Yeah. Thank God you, darling. Bless. I love you very much. Thank you more. <laughs> Bye, Matt. Thank you God, very much. God bless you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.